I've spoken to this uh, legend twice before, but it still doesn't make me less nervous. And uh, and here we go then. Hello, Martin. Good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I've just got home from training and, um, uh, yeah, relaxing and um, looking forward to our chat. <laughs> well, I suppose one of the first questions for you, I suppose, would be was around the FA Cup and around sort of, uh, you know, next week's, uh, next next Thursday's game for, 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 for Maidstone. I mean, with the, with the FA Cup, was you was you pleased to see you know Maidstone uh, flying the flag for for, for the uh, for the Ryman Leagues uh, over the weekend? Yeah, I was uh, always when clubs from the Ryman League do well, you know, you feel um, a little bit part of it. You know, they're living out our dreams. And one thing I've, I've been with Alan Dowson now for this is our tenth season, but we we got to the third qualifying round one year, but we've never got to the first round proper, and it would be. Uh, uh, great shame if, if when I stopped doing this I haven't done it because it's a, it's an amazing experience I would imagine I've been there of course as a commentator many times and uh, looked on with envy as well as with professional broadcasting skills I hope to um, to congratulate uh, the teams that have that have done it um, uh, so yeah I think we're going to hear a little bit from from Mr Wesley about um, about the playing surface uh, because you know it, it won't be. It won't be easy for Stevenage, um, but you know when these teams who have, like Harlow, have um, artificial pitches and do very well in away games, you can't argue about the quality that they have. Mm. I mean, I know, I know I spoke to I spoke to Oliver earlier on today and on the show, and uh, he was saying that you know it, it, it does make him laugh a few times when he sees that uh, you know the likes of uh, Grand Westy saying. Uh, negative say things about 3G and then when you look at the website that they're offering the 3G service that they've got for people to train on and recommending it to people he said it's so quite funny so when you see things yeah there's, there's, things like, there's, a, there's a huge debate to be had on the subject and my view is that um, unless all teams play on it in the division it's it's not quite fair because the um, you know the advantage of playing uh, in the Ryman Premier League, 23 home games on it, and, and the visiting teams playing it once, um, I think is you know, disproportionate, to be honest with you. I felt the same when Queen's Park Rangers had it in the, in the Premier League, and Luton, and in the, the old First Division, rather. Um, uh, I think that's the issue with it. I mean, if everybody played on it, then there would be no no debate at all. Um, and that's And, of course, it makes huge commercial sense, um, especially in these wet winters that we're having. And we've got three home games at Hampton and Richmond now, Saturday, Tuesday and Saturday, and some very wet weather forecasts, you know, and there was an under-18 game on the pitch yesterday. Um, we couldn't train on it tonight because we want to keep it um, in good shape for the weekend. And, uh, you know, it does, uh, you, know, uh, you cast around um, enviously at, um, at those who've got all-weather pitches. But the, from what I understand, the, the risk of injury is only if you change all the time. And... Um, I guess all the teams that are playing their home games on it, of course, got to play away games every other week on, on grass. And mm. So there is a huge debate to be had on it, and I, I certainly understand those who are for it. Um, uh, I know that I would have had no chance as a non-league player playing on it because it doesn't suit those with high centres of gravity like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we get a different type of football on it. Um, and some players, of course, it's been interesting to hear the reaction from the the PFA about the um, the football league voting very narrowly against um, bringing them back. That um, the PFA have come out and said, well, of course, certain players couldn't play on it because of the strain it puts on particular type of injuries. So, um, you know, uh, that's you know, that that's just a fact of life that we have to deal with. And 
I say, there's a lot of very good use for it and, and certainly serving the community. And for, for youngsters, um, I opened a, a school um, playing surface that was not exactly 3G, but, you know, one of the, um, that can be used for the playground variety. And, and you know, the kids absolutely love it. They can be out in all weathers. They can be, um, you know, it's not going to affect their, their joints because they're so light. Um, it's just... Um, you know the whole research into what happens when you you play on it all the time is, um, you know, it, it doesn't have the give of grass, um, and it but it does have a, a wonderful pristine surface, and and you can play it on every hour of every day, and and that of course is something as we've been through the last two or three winters where. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think we played eight games at Kingston in, in 18 days to catch up, and that's not good for players either. You know, so that that's that's the other side of the argument, really. So um, that would be interesting, and uh, but I do know that both Maidstone and Harlow have performed very well away from home this season. I'm sure there are other teams with synthetic services who could say the same thing. So. You know, it's it's not such an advantage that you only you, you, that you're a bunch of no hopers and can win on the home game because you know the surface. They're good teams, and that would be fascinating to see what happens next Thursday. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I knew that uh, I would get an email or a, a or something come through on my Twitter feed around when you said about the advantage and you know such a playing twenty odd games on it or them playing twenty or three games on it. And someone's and I knew it was going to come. I knew somebody was going to say, and I've just said, ask Martin, you know, who who has got the advantage because. We're playing, or oh, the team with the actual um, 3G pitch is playing, you know, 23 games on grass, you know, uh, you know where the teams that are actually playing on the 3G to come and play away at, say, say Harlow, Whiteleaf, uh, mm. Worthing, and that are only playing once. So surely they said on here, surely the team, uh, the team that's actually got the artificial surface is the team that's got the disadvantage. Well, I don't think that's the case. I, I, I think that everybody plays on grass. You know, everybody plays. You know, nobody goes into football and plays only on synthetic surfaces. You, you, you know, everybody's played all their football on grass before they get to clubs with synthetic surfaces. So, you know, that's, the game is a grass game, and uh, it's only the climate that I think is bringing this debate in, and 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 the economy as well. And please don't think for a moment that I'm rubbishing it. I just find that. You know that one game that you play um, is always more difficult for for the visiting team. You have to try and find somewhere to pair it. Sometimes you're allowed on the pitch beforehand, but as a part-time team, it's very difficult to do it. And I mean, Wales played in Andorra, didn't they? And there was uh, quite a hoo-ha about that in the European Championships a couple of months ago. Um, and uh, I think it's I think it's the effect on the body that that, that concerns me the most. You know, and and as I say, the most. Um, this is not a, an in-detail research, but the most I've done uh, in terms of talking to people at the top of the profession suggests that it's the switching from artificial to, to grass that complicates the body. The body gets a bit confused, really. And so if you're, if you're predominantly playing and training on artificial pitches and, and the minority of your games are on grass, then or the minority of your sessions, if you count sessions as as games, you know, three times a week, um, then then you'll be fine. And uh, it's it, 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 we're at a, a tipping point, really, because I do think you know we can't go through winters with games being. You know, we're looking at the weather forecast again, aren't we, for the next week or so, and, it, and it's it's going to be heavy rain, certain in certain parts of the country. It hasn't been too bad here on the, on, on the west of London, but. Um, you know that that is going to um, fuel the argument again, and I, I think I think there are very strong arguments on both sides. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we've just got to let the evolution happen, really. And it's evolution, not revolution. And one of, I mean, away from the sort of 3G side and the FA Cup side of it, I mean, there was something that happened in... It was two of the games that I was watching over the weekend from the FA Cup. One was the Warrington uh, game at the weekend, oh. and uh, one also was the um, the Gosport Borough game that was being sort of backwards and forwards to the studio when the BBC did, um, I think, the 12-odd games that they were covering yeah, all on the yeah. same day, which I must admit was really good. But so, as soon as I heard a couple of things, I thought, so, well, when I speak to you today, I've got to ask you the question around research. So I know somebody like yourself does, you know, loads of research for every single game that you go into and, and, and so forth. And I was really surprised that there's sort of almost a lack of research to the to the non-league or stroke semi-professional team that they were they were actually had there, that they actually did with the, the fact of calling um, Warrington step eight when it should have been a level eight. And, and the likes of Gosport Borough actually um, uh, being in, according to them, being in the Vars final last year when it was actually the trophy final. And it just it, it and, and there might be people sort of like picking holes in it because you're actually more sort of involved in sort of non-league than the sort of the professional game, but it was a bit surprising that you know it's such a big company like you know the BBC didn't actually do that extra research to realise what they were actually saying during some of the comments. And that was like two or three of the bits that I picked up, you know, when you when he was actually listening to it. Well, I, you know, I, I haven't heard any of this, so it's hard for me to mm. comment on professional colleagues. Um, uh, all I can tell you is I did the round-the-world version of the Warrington game. It was fantastic. Um, uh, it was um, something that we used in our team talk um, at Berry Town when we, we played on, on the following day, and that, that the desire for victory in a, against a team that had much more football in it than in an exit and continued to try and win the game by, or save the game by by the what you might call the right way of doing it, you know, they they wanted to pass it through, but the heroism of of the Sean Reese players, and there was a lovely moment. I don't know whether you you noticed it when the goalkeeper Carl Wills got injured, and uh, it was like there's no goalkeeper on the bench. I, I don't think for Warrington. So, um, and Sean Reese just shouted get on with it, to his own player. <laughs> uh, Alan Dowson, I worked for, is very like that, and I, I had a real chuckle when I was commentating it. That I was able to, to lip-read it and pass it on if people missed it. <laughs> and, uh, I just think, um, you know, the, some of the things that non-league footballers have to put up with, um, you know, don't have all the all the trimmings, and, and you know, maybe they're... Um, they're strong men for it. They were certainly Sean Reed's men were certainly very, very strong, and and were a great credit to non-league football up in that part of the country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the other, um, I think one of the actual um, things as well about that game was how br- and it, they brought it up on the BBC. And I don't know if you brought it up on your commentary. Was um, it almost looked as if they had five floodlights with the, uh, with, the with their T bar? I've never seen a T bar with <laughs> yeah. such bright lights in all my life. <laughs> It's funny you should say that because it's quite a difficult thing when you're commentating when there are lights. Um, I can only ask you to sort of if you're if you're at home now and look out into the uh, into maybe a street light when you've got your own lights on in your house and uh, you know it's and then when you turn the lights off in your house you you get a better view, don't you? Um, and uh, things like that happen in grounds when you're commentating that stray lights can completely. Uh, disorientate you really and, and to have a bright light if you're looking across um, particularly at a level where you would actually see it all the time was, uh, I would imagine would be quite off-putting for Steve Bauer wasn't it who was doing the commentary for BBC and 
um, I'm sure he did a great job on it. It, um, yeah, they, but it's all part of it. And the, uh, I think the great shame was that the game wasn't in daylight because the cantilever bridge would have had people looking down <laughs> for a free view and an FA Cup tie. And uh, you know, it, it, there's very few grounds like that uh, around the place. So uh, it's a wonderful time of year, and um, you know, they, you know, whatever happens at, at Maidstone and. You know, we've been caught up a little bit in it. We've we've had a, a player on loan from um, or dual registration from Hemel Hempstead, and, uh, and he's gone back, um, and he's uh, uh, he he's played in this uh, in, in the cup run, and, and he's now back in their team as well. And uh, and good luck to him. And uh, it, it is it is a very exciting time. And as I say, I'm I'm you know particularly jealous of those who have the success of doing it because it's something that I've never been able to achieve except as a, as a commentator and I've been at a few big upsets which um, which have been um, were particularly woking winning a couple of games on Sky Sports my team and I've been I've been through a very impartial until the final whistle went I think they, they won, at, won at Millwall with a goal with, from Clive Walker a few years ago and I think the 15 seconds, we, 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 you know, they always say, quick rap, just because you've been talking for 45 minutes, we want to hear some other voices. And um, I guess once the final whistle went, those 15 seconds were slightly more, <laughs> or slightly less impartial, shall we say, than, than, than the rest of the commentary. Well, I was, I was listening to you on Sunday, and um, there was, you, you made, uh, um, you said something on Sunday that had me in fits, and I must admit, it was absolutely hilarious, and because I'd seen it come up, and about a few minutes later, there was other people, and it was coming over through Twitter, and I thought, so, it's truth, this is almost as good as the Aguero moment, and I don't even know if you actually realise it, but it was, there was, a, I think it was, a, I don't know what part of the game it was between Arsenal and, and uh, Swansea, and you said, these two goalkeepers now really are poles apart, and I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah, well, that's, that, well, that was intended. So I did know. I did know what I was saying. They, they was, are, they are poles, brilliant. and they are apart, yeah. having been together. Yeah. Really, yeah. So. It was just brilliant. It was just you know, it was one of those things that you just listen to, and you just you just pick bits out. Sometimes when you're listening to things, and sometimes you're not necessarily listening to the commentary too much because you're concentrating solidly on the game or whatever else. But uh, I thought that was they, they rarely great. go. No, they rarely go noticed at work. But it's very kind of you to mention it. And, uh, <laughs> It, yeah, sometimes you know these turn of phrases just happen to you when when you when you're doing. It. I mean, it, it, I wish we could conjure up we're we're a profession that has to live on our wits really, and we don't script things. But sometimes you have moments that you do better than others. There are plenty of the other moments I can assure you where you you skulk off to your car after the game, going, "Why did I say that?" <laughs> and, uh, uh, I'm still living down one or two in the past. My my son is um, a, a, a strong critic of puns and anything else that's, uh, if you like, a, 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 his old dad having puerile attempts at humour, which um, embarrass him <laughs> and his mates. So, so I'm, I'm under strict control domestically, I promise you, and I try, I try to I try to ration them. Um, but I thought, when I thought of that, I thought, well, I better say it before I forget it. <laughs> I'm just, as, as you know, I'm... Um disappointed that there's an England game this weekend we, we thought so me and the secretary looked at it and went he moved it from the Tuesday to, and as soon as it was uh, the draw came out for for, for, the, for the League Cup we looked at it straight away and uh, looked at certain dates and thought well there's a, there's a uh, European Cup game on that day there's a Champions League game there this, that, that, that. and we didn't even think about the England games and of course when it got swapped to the Saturday the, the secretary said to me he said hey, you know what that means don't you and we, we went 
yeah, he said, he said, I said, I know exactly what it means. And of course, then when I said to him, I said, no, no, I said, Martin's actually going to be doing the England game. He went, oh, I don't believe it. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm very fortunate to, to not, not so much have the choice, but mm. to be asked to do the, the internationals. Sky have got them back this year yeah. and we don't have them live. We have, we have, maybe I can take this opportunity for a little plug, but we do have the, uh, the Scotland game live on, on Tuesday. And um, you know, obviously, that's that's going to be a special night for all of us on Sky. You're looking forward um, to that one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And uh, obviously, the the one at Wembley recently was was a wonderful game. Very, I, I, I did say on Sunday they asked me to promote it during the game, and it said friendly and international in the caption. I thought that was probably misusing the word <laughs> somewhat, but um, so now it's, it, it's listen. Uh, the uh, the most important thing is for for your club and and Hampton Richmond, where I now. Uh, Help out um, is that, that you know that it's a it's a proper cup tie. I'm sure it will be. Um, we're we're on a, a voyage, um, a journey. I think as the the, the modern coaches say, <laughs> a process, <laughs> whatever it is, of of trying to um, um, make it work at a you know a new challenge after seven and a half years at Kingstonian. Um, and uh, we've made some progress, but at the moment it's two steps forward and two steps yeah. back. Um, but but. Um, you know, it'll be uh, up against Alex uh, Reed and company. It'll be um, it'll be a real test for our um, reshaped team, and and we're looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. The boys were buzzing in training tonight because we did win on Saturday after a poor run, and uh, that's given us uh, just a little bit of a boost. How much of a boost? Well, we we play um, um, Harlow, then we play Canvey, and then we play Margate all at home in 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 an eight day spell, and um, just praying that. Um, the weather allows us to play the games, and um, you know, otherwise we'll be back on talking about the values of three G and four G pitches. Because, yeah. you know, as I say, that is the strongest argument, and it's a really strong argument at this time in this climate um, for getting games played. Because if, in the end, we can't give spectators reliable times to come and see us, um, you know, and, and, and there can be three, four weeks teams can also suffer hugely financially by having no home games if they have got a questionable pitch. Um, and, it, and obviously the whole key to non-league football is making the finances work in a very difficult environment. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, as I say, it's, it, the, 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 I said to this, um, Oliver Ash, I said to him, look, you know, Oliver, I said, I just can't believe the difference in uh, in our club since we've got the 3G service. It's just exploded. And I mean, it's a different place now. It's not... Um, like it was before, you know, the whole the whole place is just absolutely vibrant from from start to finish. But I mean, one of the things when a few weeks ago we spoke to um, your chairman at Hampton, and I think just after yourself and uh, and, and Alan came in, and uh, he was absolutely buzzing around. Um, I think he said a little story around himself had gone in, and there was a couple of players that were injured, and he was going to take them off to uh, took them off to a pro club. He said, and he said, I've never met a nicer bloke. And that was his, that was his words, and uh, well, I have was... to say the same. He's my boss. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Steve McPherson you're talking about, That's and he is, yep. he is he is a, he's an ex player, and you know that in itself is perhaps unusual. And 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 he 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 kicks every ball, and um, uh, he's been um, a great source of support because we we we've had some. We've been there just over two months, and we started very well. Um, you know the new management syndrome and. Alan is an extremely good manager, um, and then you know things levelled out a little bit, and, and you know we we had some very disappointing performances, not not just 
losing games, but losing games heavily, which is why we were brought in in the first place to stop that. So we've had to have a second go at that, and you know we're still still work in progress. Um, but it's it's a great challenge, and um, you know you call in a, a one or two favours from other friends in the non-league scene, and, and we've had a lot of help really, and we're very grateful for that. Um, but it will be judged on on what we do. And I hope Steve's saying nice things about us at the end of the season, <laughs> um, rather than when we've been in the job. Uh, we, incidentally, the player that we took um, uh, is one player that hasn't kicked a ball for us yet, Ben Harris, who was doing very good things last season and, and at the start of this season, even in a struggling team. And, um, but he's gradually working his way back, and I think in the next those three fixtures that I, I mentioned, he, he might have a chance of playing a small part in one of those. So... Um, we'll, we'll be welcoming him back with, with open arms. So, I mean, have you, uh, I mean, your sort of side of it, have you been able to get to, uh, to, to too many other games since you've been there with your duties at Sky? Well, I, I, listen, you know that I'm, I'm a commentator first and foremost, <laughs> and, and um, the rest, I, as I say, I help out. That's how, how I describe it, really. And I'm very cheap, which is why people keep asking me to do it. <laughs> and uh, so I, I've had a run. I've been at most of the games we've had so far, but I've got um, uh, I've got a, a spell coming up now where, where it just so happens that the, the the sky assignments coincide with Hampton Richmond matches. So you know that's the way it's been, and uh, everybody understands that. But there are things that you can do, obviously, in the week and help prepare the team. And um, and then I have to go through. And ever since I, I started with Alan at Walton Hersham uh, back in 2005. Um, then on match day, if I'm commentating, I just tell everybody not to tell me the score of the club that I'm working at at the time until the, the job is properly done and I'm, I then pick up my messages on the way out of the ground and we go from there because it's, um, it's, it's obviously a potential distraction and I, I don't uh, allow that to happen because um, you know, Sky and commentary, um, it, it's... it's um, it's my number one priority, and, and Sky have been so good to me over the years that I can't let anything get in the way of that. No, absolutely. I was one, one last, I was one last question for you. Something that uh, somebody had, uh, had asked me to ask you as well was: mm. we've got these FA Cup games, and you know, no disrespect, the the, the games that the, the BBC did over the, over the weekend were were brilliant. I mean, especially the the, the parts on the on the Sunday and the live games that mm. they did, but. One of the things that somebody said was in these sort of earlier rounds when you've got the non-league teams in sort of round one, maybe round two, you, you know, what would your feelings be on if they then say, if, say, for instance, it was Hampton, Richmond, Borough that was in the first round in the FA Cup and one of the actual local, if you was playing in one of your county cup games and, you, and it was live on the local radio, you know, would it be a nice sort of a thing to have, have the people that normally would do that doing the commentary for the BBC game, even if it was sort of like colour commentary rather than doing the main commentary? Well, it's an interesting thought. I don't think anybody probably in television has, has really considered that. I mean, maybe maybe the radio commentaries are. Um, um, but uh, I think uh, what... what um, actually appeals to the um, to the, the supporters perhaps more than that is to be part of an accepted type of broadcast that you get at Premier League and Championship level the later rounds of the FA Cup Champions League level you get those commentators coming to your game to your ground mm. and, and putting their their take on on the match and yeah it does require a lot of research and uh, certainly at the end of last week I was 
digging up Warrington stuff left, right, and centre <laughs> to make sure um, that I was I was ready to go. Um, and I think all my colleagues were, would do that. And as I say, I'm a little surprised when you mentioned earlier that there were um, one or two uh, wrong uses of the vernacular, if you like, for non-league people. But um, by and large, um, you know, there are a huge number of commentators now, and um, you know, it, it is a profession that I think people can get into. Much I was just lucky, and uh, there was no no really accepted pattern then um, because there were so few jobs. But now there are lots of jobs, and um, you know, I think there are a lot of good young broadcasters out there. Um, whether they might be given the chance um, to do something on, say, BBC Sports Extra, which um, a friend of mine actually, who's the sister of uh, my daughter's best friend is broadcasting now for the BBC on the Women's Super League. And she's, you know, when I first met her two or three years ago, she was doing a little bit of local radio and, um, you know, was trying to work her way through uh, jobs not dissimilar to the one that you're doing tonight. And um, and she's now got herself... Uh, I've had great joy listening. She sent me the file on her, her matches towards the end of the Super League season, and, and they were very good. Um, so... Uh, there's a lot of opportunity, and I, and I think in the end, um, if, if the people covering the, the local games are of sufficient ability, they might get to be covering the better games rather than the other way around, if you see what I mean, that they yeah. might work their way yeah. up the ladder. I hope so, because you know we do need um, you know a generation of broadcasters to come through and, and, and deal with football. The one, thing, the one thing about being older is you have certain perspective on things, like you can talk about Queen's Park Rangers' artificial pitches in the 1980s, <laughs> which the younger guys can't. But, um, you know, the, 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 the seeing it as it is now, I think, is a very important part of the, of the, of the way broadcast should be. And I'm always trying to make sure, um, you know, I'm, I'm using vocabulary that fits with younger generation as well as um, what I've been saying for years and years and years without getting into being too street cred, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and my boss, Barney Francis, who is a, you know, the top executive at Sky Sports, um, has been talking to us about um, about words that he's picked up on on broadcasts, um, not necessarily ours, but other broadcasts where, where he thinks his own children who are in their teens and a little bit younger would perhaps not understand the word. And uh, it's important to remember that vocabulary moves on. The words are only there to communicate, aren't they? And, uh, um, they can change as much as, as you like. I, I enjoy listening to some of the old commentaries that are on YouTube and you occasionally get here from the archives, uh, BBC in particular, have wonderful archives. Um, and and you can, it's almost like the, the way the Queen used to speak, you know. <laughs> She's become a bit more estuary in the, uh, in, in the last few years. And it's just about getting your point across, really. And, and that's, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do tonight. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a company, I think, that's connected um, to Hampton, Richmond Borough, and a couple of other teams as well, Lewis, um, and I think it's Dulwich Hamlet as well, that are doing a fantastic job. Um, and I know Harlow trying to get involved in, trying to get onto it as well. Is these, I don't know if you've seen it, these football exclusives where they come and uh, do the game um, or the home games and and it goes on to the goes on to the internet I know there's four teams at the minute I think there's the three I just mentioned I think it's Saturn United is the other one as well um, that they're doing at the moment and uh, they seem to be doing an absolutely fantastic job with that I know I spoke to him the other day when we was trying to get Harlow involved in it and uh, he was telling me that uh, I think his subscriptions and that are up by about 450 percent in above their, above their targets so and of course uh, the, you know it's not just the, the, the television stations of course you know the, the whole 
internet now is full of opportunities. I mean, my my own daughter, she's 25, and she's um, uh, an actor, but she's trying to make an, uh, her name in comedy, and she's putting together sketches that, that will go onto YouTube very soon, and it's an instant way of reaching the public. Well, instead of waiting for some agent to come and say, oh, yes, you'll do, you'll come on, we've got a slot for you on a variety bill somewhere that's going to be televised. Um, so... You know, it's, there is massive opportunity to, for, for, for non-league football to be um, to be seen in other ways than, than the conventional ways. So the only the only problem is that you know, uh, if you're the Ryman League, you you want uh, to get some rights fees somewhere along the line. Um, and uh, you know, at the moment, it's probably more important to get the pictures on somewhere so people can realise what a good standard it is, and it is. Um, and then maybe um, there will be a television company that will come and say, well, actually, we will pay. You know. You can imagine if even if five hundred pounds a game or something like that, what it would mean to uh, to a non-league club to have an extra five hundred pounds coming in some weeks. Um, I know we've been doing our sums and trying to get our budget straight so that we we don't overspend and. And that goes for everybody in the non-league community. Yeah, definitely. Martin, it's been fantastic speaking to you again tonight. I mean, one thing before you go, I mean, we were just talking about ladies football and uh, just in case anybody's listening out, the Champions League's just finished and it's... Uh, oh, just, yeah, what happened? It's just finished um, on Agria. It's uh, Bristol Academy have beaten Barcelona by two goals to one. So they, uh, they go so into the quarterfinals. Yeah, they go yeah. into the quarterfinals with Glasgow City. Well, so and that's brilliant. another wonderful shot in the arm for, 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 for the women's game. Yeah. And, and it is... It is a, at the highest level. It's a really good watch, and and I must say, you know, it, it has um, the, the level of skill as part of the entertainment. I mean, men's football has all sorts of other elements that some of which, you know, it's, it's tough for ladies to to, to match in terms of the, maybe the sheer physicality of it. But I have to say, it leaves it, it leaves us looking at the skills, and it makes the skills the thing for watching it, and the skills are excellent. So. Um, that's wonderful. That's that's where you've made my night. <laughs> Magic. I say it's absolute pleasure. And say one day it'd be great to sit down and face to face and do a little sort of interview for a, for a, for a Martin Tyler special. It'd be fantastic. But it's been, as I say, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, you do not understand how much of a pleasure it is to talk to you uh, for three times now, and it's been, you know. It's made my made my year to talk to oh, you three times. So I'm, I'm ma listen, massive. Thank you. Listen, it's a real pleasure for me, and I look forward to the fourth time. Magic, great stuff. Thank you very much indeed, Cheers, Martin. Bye thank bye. you. Bye bye. That was the legend that is Mr. Martin Tyler. And as I said, we come to the end of the show. Don't worry. Next week, don't forget. Next week, we will be giving you updates on the Maidstone versus Stevenage game. And of course, also next week, it's Steve, the chairman from Enfield Football Club, will be here. And of course, the one and only, the legend that is Mr. Mickey Demoulin will be here next next week. As